hey, and welcome to the Yanks Go Marching Podcast. In case you didn't know, it is only 12 days into the U.S.'s first World Cup match against Ghana. Coming to you, as we always do, from Rocky Mountain High, Colorado, to the suburban sprawl of New Jersey, I am Pat McDonald, and with me, as always, is my good friend Chris Kaminsky. Chris, how you doing? I am doing awesome. I'm getting super, super excited. It looks like... Uh, the teams in our group might uh, be falling back to the pack a little bit, a little bit of just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of opportunity going forward. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. How about Absolutely. you, there, Patty? Oh yeah, no, there's there's a lot to be excited about, um, good or bad, and uh, yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll definitely talk more about what's going on with the other teams in a little bit. But um, as always, we are a beer drinking podcast and uh, our beer choices tonight are, I'm drinking PBR because that is my Rangers, New York Rangers playoff beer. I'm a New York Rangers fan over here. Uh, Chris is drinking Colorado native lager out of Golden, Colorado. And Jason has a Goose Island nut brown ale from Chicago, Illinois. I I promise to get a little more fun with my beer choices once the actual World Cup starts. I'll try to I'll try and find. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> I'm gonna try and drink beers from other countries that are uh, represented in the World Cup. But uh, <laughs> uh, as yeah, always, that Cameroonian beer, I hear it's awesome. I'm I I now have a mission to find Cameroonian beer. The only African beer I've ever had is Ugandan beer, and it is pretty darn good. So um, as always, send us your yellow and red cards, which we actually got our first listener uh, red card last week uh, from Matt Hutchinson, who is at Hutch99 STL. I uh, sent to us on Twitter, and he said, Got a red card, yeah, on Fabian Johnson analysis was our most attacking Gersa player. He sent that before the Turkey match. After the Turkey match, he said, Now it's a three-game suspension for you after today's game. Uh, Who's he red carding, though? Is he red carding both of us? I don't know. Did we both criticize Fabian Johnson? Yeah. I, I feel like we were very, uh, very positive about Fabian Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I think I said he was sloppy, but I mean, he, I never said he was not a starter. I mean, whether or not he's in his best position right now, I, you know, I, he's clearly the right back at this point. You can't go back on that, but I mean, I think he would be better utilized as a left winger. That, that's, I think, my most honest opinion about the guy. But he's clearly but who's a starter. Who's your outside back? Who's your outside uh, back? I would be curious to see if Timmy Chandler could be any better on his more natural right side, and then I would look. Marcus Beasley transitioning with Fabian uh, Johnson, I'm okay with that, I mean, especially after we got what we saw Timmy Chandler do on the left the other day. But I, I think that kind of leads us right into the Turkey match. Um, the United States played Turkey on Sunday afternoon. That's more chicken, isn't it? How are, gobble, gobble. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Gobble, 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 gobble. That's, yeah, something that's like that. good turkey, man. That's a freaking good turkey. Yeah, I work on my turkey. What can I say? Um, the uh, you know the American Outlaws did some tifo with the Statue of Liberty holding a turkey leg. I, I mean, World Cup trophy. Um, it was sorry, American Outlaws. I'm a member of them too. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was all around. I mean, positive match, two one win. Uh, great atmosphere. I was actually in Harrison. I didn't get to go to the game, but I was in Harrison, New Jersey. Did a video for EmpireSoccer.com where I got the pulse of the fan. Um, who were overall, we'll get a little more into that in a bit. Uh, but you're starting 11, uh, from right to left field. I would, did they bust out the 442 diamond again? Jimmy Howard and Keeper? I, I don't know, man. I, uh, the diamond, the diamond. Yeah, well, we'll tell, uh, we'll talk. did go around record too as saying he prefers the diamond now for this, for this squad, <sighs> which is like, oh, here we go. 
I, you know what? Here's Here the. Here we go. I mean, here's the thing I will say is that Klinsman has certainly been a bit of a mad genius. I mean, like, you know, genius I use relatively, you know, relatively. I don't mean like he's obviously a genius, but he does see things that seem to make no sense. And then they work out the end. I mean, in my tinfoil, it's not very often I put on the tinfoil. But I almost wonder if he's trotting out this 4-4-2 to throw off our opponents. And he's going to go back to the tried and true 4-2-3-1, which I'm with you. I'm not right now sold on the diamond, especially with a defense that is that shaky. Uh, I think two defensive midfielders in front of them is the way to go. And then Michael Bradley, I mean, look, he had a brilliant pass, a brilliant pass on Fabian Johnson's goal. Don't get me wrong. But I think yeah. he, when he can sit back and read the game, and then make those late runs, I think he's far more effective. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, I, 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 well, I mean, I wouldn't put him in the attacking. He's not a 10. Exactly. He's not a 10. Exactly. He's a very good, he's a very good box-to-box midfielder, but he's not a 10. Exactly. As I, good as that pass was. Exactly. I agree with you. And, and I think and the funny thing about this all is that everyone, you know, who's a, on, who's on board with the 442 says it produces offense. I don't remember us exactly having no offense with the 4231. So I, I've actually do remember some very strong offensive performances with that formation. So I don't, I mean, yeah, I might err a little more on the defensive side, but the U.S. is good at, good as at attacking out of the back. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it, but uh, they do have one more game to try and iron out this four four two. But uh, overall, any uh, anything that really stand out to you from this game? Well, I mean, two things. And one is a little surprising. One's a little not. The the one that's not surprising is our defense still looks a little sixes and sevens to borrow parlance from our friends across the pond. <laughs> uh, a little stretched out, a little disorganized. Not okay. Not a little. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know. Turkey's a better opponent, of course, um, than we faced uh, in a while. Uh, but they still, you know, they don't have the finishing quality. Uh, so it was a little bit, I don't know. I mean, I thought the defense left us suspect a little bit. Uh, but then the other thing that's surprising to me is that the offense is playing pretty nice, you know. I mean, the second goal was just, a, you know, was a, was a slop goal. Uh, I mean, Dempsey was in the right place at the right time. He buried it. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. But that cross should have been cleared easily uh, by the Turkey defense. Um, but the Bradley um, exchange with Johnson, oh, my gosh, was that beautiful football. That is the kind of stuff that it's like I sign up for. So, um, you know, Johnson starting that playoff, recognizing the seam, recognizing that the, the, the center of the defense was playing up, um, making that really good run, and just what a perfect chip. Um, by Bradley right on to Johnson's foot and a great play to hit that one time by Johnson and bury it in the corner. Uh, fan, fan, fantastic uh, goal. And that's the kind of stuff we want to see. And yeah, so for Matt Hutchison, yeah, we've never said Johnson's bad, I don't think, but he, that, that was, was a world-class goal there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff you are seeing from a new era uh, U.S. national team. It's not something that really they were capable of before. Uh, this, you know, these recent years. And it, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, just, you know, from Josie out the door, protecting the ball in the corner, passing it back, and Johnson with the one-two was fantastic. Um, you can't go wrong with that. Overall, I, again, I, I think the team played well. It was certainly a step up from the Azerbaijan game. Uh, but that back line certainly remains a 
a worry. Um, it, it remains a worry to a point that I would almost rather have a shell shock Brad Guzan in goal than Tim Howard because he knows how to defend against a back line that's not up to shape. But, I mean, you know, for what it's worth, as poor as the team is playing, the back line is playing, um, I think three out of the four positions are locked. I mean, you can't go back on Johnson at this point. He's now, I think, settled into that right back slot. And I think Beasley and Cameron are your guys in the middle. I, I mean, John Brooks had a good game, but I would not be comfortable with him starting at center back by any stretch of the imagination. So that really re- leaves that left back situation. I mean, are, are you on board with Chandler there? I mean, he had a good 45 minutes against Azerbaijan, but, and he was certainly solid attacking, but, uh, he, he had some very worrisome moments, uh, on defense the, uh, on Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I still would prefer Johnson on the left and Chandler on the right, uh, if it were up to me. Uh, and, you know, I, I am not completely discounting the possibility of having Beasley in there when you need a little bit of speed, but it seems to me that that's what Klinsman's mind is right now. Um, but it's I wouldn't be surprised if he changes it situationally. I kind of think you need a little bit of consistency with your back line, but uh, I'm not sitting in the big chair making the big bucks. No, and I, I think for consistency's sake, I think that's why Fabian. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm Fabian Johnson on the left is where I think he is most effective. But at this point, I don't. And Taylor see it. on the right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, Cameron, and I yeah maybe. But I'm in the. Then who do you put? Do you put a poor form Omar Gonzalez or a young? Uh, no, sorry, not not Cameron Chandler. Chandler. I'm just being stupid. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, but I, is it too late to do that? I mean, is it too late to switch them to their more natural positions with the World Cup only two weeks away? Or the U.S. opening or the World Cup in two, in two weeks? Probably. It probably is. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, I, I think three three out of your four spots are solid, and then well, that left-back situation. I mean, let's not forget Chandler when he first popped on the scene and got everybody excited uh, three years ago. He played a majority of the time at left-back. So, uh, I guess it remains to be seen. Um, let's see. Is there anything else we want to, we can say about this game? Analyze. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot to be said about it. I mean, there's, you know, there's a um, there's a lot of subplots in this game. Um, I mean, we haven't talked at all about Davis Zussi. Um, <laughs> because I mean, let's face it, this is an this is an entirely more or less new midfield than it was, you know, last World Cup. Right. Um, but, you know, I think the fact that we're not immediately compelled to talk about them means that they're probably doing their job a little bit better than we expected them to, right? Um, I ne- yeah, I never doubted Zussi. Zussi, I always thought, would be all right. I mean, he's, he's playing okay. He's not – I mean, it would have been nice to see him bury that one ball that, uh, you know, Brad Davis crossed after uh, going Maradona style and handballing it, uh, keeping it from going out of bounds. Um, and Brad Davis has been, you know, Brad Davis has been all right, you know. Uh, I can't, I can't complain about his play so far. I mean, do I want to see him against Germany or Portugal? Hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. But again, I, I said at the beginning of the show, I think Fabian Johnson is our best left midfield option. But uh, after that, I mean, well, that's the thing is he's be- our best left back option, our best right back option, and our best. So that's, that's just it. That's very few options. That's just it with Fabian <laughs> Johnson. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, Brad Davis, for what it's worth, yeah. No, I, I think he's definitely turning heads. I, I think he's – don't get me wrong. There's absolutely – you got your, your you know, block on the Twitter sphere who are very much – That's with 
not they'll never come around on the guy. He could skin, win the uh, score the game winning you know, the uh, game winning goal in the World Cup final, and people would still doubt Brad Davis. But um, he's definitely one of the more solid players out there right now. Uh, the other big uh, Josie Outdoor still goal drought. Um, but that being said, he certainly held the ball up nice, was good with the ball. He just didn't put it in the back of the net. Right, and um, Turkey's coach was effusive with praise for Altidore. Mm-hmm. He basically said this is exactly the kind of striker that defenses hate to go against. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I mean, and, opponents are seeing something in Altidore that maybe we're missing. Right. I, I mean, look, if he can contribute – uh, in another way besides goal scoring, if that just means chasing down balls and holding them up, then great. And, and he has done that fairly well. But, of course, there was that breakaway where he didn't, he didn't hear the whistle. So, I mean, it would have been a moot point anyway. Um, and he didn't put it away. Uh, he probably took – he was a little tentative and didn't take the, make the right shot. Um, granted, you, you could argue he may, he may have been robbed of a goal as well today uh, on Sunday. Do you, do you think yeah. that was – well, actually, the penalty was a uh, push, but do you think it was a push or a handball? <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of replays of it. I mean, I thought it could have probably gone either way, but those are the, you know, those are the plays that you're not going to get in World Cup play. So, yeah, it's it's not something I'm too concerned about. Yeah, exactly. What did you think of uh, uh, Julian Green's? I think it was 24 minutes that he got. Nothing to write home about. Um, <laughs> you, you, you can't. He was Landon Donovan was still on that team. You certainly cannot convince me Julian Green is better than Landon Donovan at this point. There's no doubt about that. Um, and Landon, know, by the way, scored a nice goal for the Galaxy against uh, I think it was Chicago this weekend yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that that's great. I mean, you know, Jurgen, how come you couldn't anger him earlier to care about uh, his performances? I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I still I mean, don't think it's the wrong move, but it may it may end up biting us in the ass. To be honest, with I mean, you. I mean, we're it's going to be the talking point for the rest of this, you know, I'm, summer. But I'm still not convinced that we would have been better off with Landon Donovan overall. Uh, I'm still not sure he would have started. Um, but the whole Julian Green well, thing, right? So there's Dad. Go ahead. Uh, oh, I mean, no, here's go ahead. The, Okay. No, oh, no, you go ahead. No. <laughs> um, the, I, I managed to watch the pregame interview with Julian Green and his parents. And the one, again, if you're going to put the tinfoil on, the one curious uh, moment in that entire interview was when his mother was like, but Julian, why don't you just wait four years and you can make your decision then? And he goes, Mom, but it's the World Cup. It's the World Cup. So is he making the decision to join the U.S. national team for the right reasons. I mean, he does seem to have a good relationship with his father, so you can, he's certainly, you would assume, getting that American infusion, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm definitely a little, uh, it, I don't, I want to believe that uh, what Julian Green and Jurgen Klinsmann say is true, that he wasn't promised anything, but it's that small tidbit of that interview, interview seems to make him look more mercenary than caring about the U.S. national team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely doesn't, go as a positive thing in his column, I don't think. Um, it's, But, you know, I, I don't know if we could say, you know, positively that, you know, he's he's just out for the playing time or whatever. I don't know. It, it's a tough situation with him. I mean, and here's the thing. If we go through all this now, and, like, the, the, the assumption being we're bringing him on so that he can be ready in 2018, 
and then he has a Chandler-like, you know, crisis of faith, and you know, then isn't ready in 2018. Then what's what's the point? You know, uh, that that's my big thing. I mean, I hope he's, I hope he really does care about playing for the U.S., but I'm not so, you know, I'm not so sure. But of course, if he doesn't care and he just lights it up, great. He's he's capable. He's perfectly capable, but um. From what little we've seen, I, he's absolutely not ready for this World Cup. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that's true. But, I mean, I do think it's important to be prepared for the next one. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, and getting him again, wet behind the ears is going to do that, I think, a little yeah. bit. Let's, uh, let's just hope the gamble pays off. It's Oh, it's not going to, but... <laughs> uh, I, I did manage to go out. I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, I did get out there and I recorded a video for Empire Soccer with Pulse of the Fan. And uh, U.S. fans overall, before and after the game, overall optimistic about uh, the U.S.'s chances in this World Cup. Uh, most actually think that we're going to get out of the group, and uh, many are on board with the decision to leave Landon Donovan off the roster, believe it or not. Well, why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's an easy... I mean, we've discussed it on this show, why not? Because Landon Donovan has been the best player uh, for years for the U.S. national okay, team. Okay, but what's the one thing we know about Landon Donovan? I mean, in terms of emotionally, emotionally. Emotionally, he's a very... He's a fragile being. Here's the thing I've been thinking about about a lot. Fragile. Yes, he's a a fragile psyche. He is a fragile psyche. I I would Um, say too laid back for his own good. He is not a grinder, and he's got a fragile psyche. And when things don't work out for him, he tends to disappear, whether it's taking a sabbatical, leaving Germany twice, um... You know, there's a lot of stuff that's like, okay, well, whether, okay, well you know, Landon really doesn't, isn't, uh, you know, into this. And my thought just over the last week, just thinking about it more, is that how would Landon Donovan be on that team if he were on the bench for the entire tournament? If he was not, you know, because he'd be there, he'd be constantly a storyline. People would be asking about why he's not playing all the time. Um, what happens if you get to late in the game? He's not subbed on, and it and his you know psyche kind of just goes down. And does he become a locker room cancer? Right. Um, and I think he's the kind of guy that he tries to stay real positive and upbeat. But I think the real reason Jurgen left him off is because he didn't see him as a starter, didn't see him as an impact player, and didn't want to have to face the questions. Didn't want himself or Landon to have to face the questions during the World Cup of why he wasn't playing important minutes um, and why he wasn't being subbed on in important times. And that just saved the entire team the headache of it because he wants them focused. He doesn't want them focused on outside things. I'm not saying that's not what Jurgen Klinsmann thinks, uh, but I am. I, I do think he could have been... I don't think he would have been a locker room cancer, and I, I don't agree with you that he's fragile. I, I think if he was fragile, no chance he ever tries Europe again after his two failures in Germany. And yet he went to Everton and was a star in his two stints that he was there. Um, I, I, you know, and, and, and I think history is littered with great players. I mean, Thierry Henry, before he became a star, was a, was nothing exactly to write home about at certain spots in Italy or, uh, even Monaco. Or, uh, actually Monaco's more or less where he got his, uh, he started his upswing. But, you know, it, it's, sometimes fits don't work and German, and Landon just didn't fit in Germany. Um, again, I think he absolutely could have come, been great off the bench. I think he would have been a great player. But again, I don't think it's really going to make a huge difference his not being included on this team. 
I, I think the players that are there are more than capable of getting the job done with or without them. Yeah, I, I probably agree with that. So, let's... Uh, with all this talk, we've been overanalyzing, uh, not only us, but everybody in the Twitter sphere and soccer world have been overanalyzing the U.S.'s uh, performances against both Azerbaijan and Turkey. How are the other Group G opponents? Well, you know, we've called it a group of death and said they were all unstoppable. Well, so far, Ghana, in its uh, first World Cup warm-up friendly, lost to the Netherlands, one nothing. And if anyone watched that game like I did, you could see that their back line is worse off than ours. Despite the one nothing score, that's because the uh, Netherlands finished like Turkey and didn't put anything in. They got through plenty of times. Uh, Ghana's next format match will be against, against South Korea. Uh, Germany had a 2-2 draw with Cameroon. Uh, again, a World Cup opponent, so you gotta give them that. But, um, you know, not exactly too impressive. Still a team they should have dispatched. Uh, their next opponent is Armenia. And then here comes the interesting one. Portugal, nothing, 0-0 zero, zero degrees. Did, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo did not play. Not, not surprising. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo did not play. They're next up against Mexico. But uh, here's the big thing. Uh, Ronaldo is injured. He has some tendonitis to go along with a thigh injury that he received. Um, obviously, I think they're both injuries that are not necessarily going to keep him out of actual World Cup play, but they may limit him. Uh, and here's the fun thing. A Ghanaian witch doctor takes credit for the injuries he's given to Ronaldo, and he claims it can't be healed. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder... Good thing he's not scared of America, because I'd I'd be scared of what he'd do to one of our players. Yeah. Is that, well, who knows? Maybe he's the, he uh, cursed uh, Josie Althor's foot so he can't score goals right now or something. I don't know. But, um... It's uh, certainly an interesting story. Uh, as as some of you may know, we've seen this before when a witch doctor gets involved. What Papa Shango did to Ultimate Warrior back in the WWE days in the 90s. And uh, so, but the Warrior was able to battle through. And I think we're going to see Ronaldo at the middle of the field going, Warriors, eventually. But uh, until then, we'll see what happens. We'll see if the voodoo black magic works. Ingrid. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, oh, in, in all seriousness, our opponents not looking super impressive yet, but I think uh, I think all three of that was their first uh, shots out on the field. Uh, are you feeling a little better about the U.S. chances, seeing how the uh, our opponents are doing? Uh, a little bit. I mean, the, the injury concerns with Germany actually are the best, you know, thing for us, uh, mm. I, I think. In, well, I don't know. I would expect Germany to get out of the group regardless. But Ghana, their their youth just isn't coming around um, mm-hmm. the way they want them to. So it's going to be a kind of a, a hodgepodge team playing for Ghana. That's a winnable game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Portugal, that'll be our second game. Uh, and, you know, I mean, listen, thigh injuries – are, knee injuries, I mean, they, they call it jumper's knee that he has, you know, the knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, you know, he can still have straight line speed, whatever. But he may not be able to cut the way he wants to, even in a couple weeks. Um, so I think that should be a concern for him. But thighs, man, if you don't just stay off them and get the right kind of treatment, they can be a long injury, depending upon what's going on. Right. And it's just a, it's an unspecified thigh injury, but it's not a contusion, I don't think. Mm. Um, it's some sort of strain or tear or something that's going on there. So, And they say he's going to be back fine. 
and he's back in training today and everything. But uh, they have to be concerned. <laughs> um, and beyond Ronaldo, what what does that team have? Uh, not a whole lot. So, uh, I mean, and I don't want to downplay them at all, but, you know, that's a big blow to them, and they know it if he's unable to play. So uh, I would think that that's, you know, bad for them. And, you know, if Germany's injury woes do continue – there's an opportunity to draw them, especially if we get a result against, you know, Ghana or Portugal, and we can pack it in against Germany and, you know, just play in the old German style. Uh, heck, we've got Clint, uh, German as our coach, you know, play for a one nothing win. Uh, we could we could advance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I, I think Ghana, I've said it all along, I think we're overdue for a win against that team. Um, yeah, it's been uh, between both the two last two World Cups and the U20 World Cup last summer they trounced us. Uh, I think uh, the U.S. is ready. They're ready to win this team and I, I beat this team. And um, yeah, the, the injury woes are the injury woes are absolutely something to that are going in the U.S.'s favor right now between both uh, Portugal and Germany. Uh, it should be definitely interesting to see what happens. I. I like that nobody is thinking the U.S. can uh, do anything in this World Cup. I mean, fans think it, but I mean, pundits, because obviously the U.S. always plays its best soccer with its back against the wall. So uh, I think we're going to yeah, There was an well. excellent article I read today. I'm not sure if it came out today, but it was an article about Jurgen and his just his honesty about our chances of winning the World Cup it was about. Mm. But um, he's like, there's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I mean, he's being realistic about it, but heck, a good result in this group, getting out of this group, I think everybody would mark that as a sign of improvement, even over a team that won its group last year. Mm, absolutely, and I, I read that article. It was a great article on mytimes.com. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, it, it, it was New York Times. I, yeah. I knew it wasn't a soccer publication, but I couldn't remember where it was. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to love when the head coach says, we have no chance, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't got to love it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've always said if Brazil's in our way, forget about it. That's that's the only team I say that ten out of ten times we lose. All right, with Group G talk out of the way, it's now time to look towards the U.S.'s next match. Uh, they play a World Cup qualified opponent on Saturday, June seventh, uh, six p.m. Eastern, at Everbank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. They will face Nigeria. Uh, so far, 40,000-plus tickets are sold, and unless there is a strong Nigerian expat community in Jacksonville I'm not aware of, should be heavily in the U.S.'s favor. Um, this is the best game that's going to give the U.S. It's, uh, it's hot and humid um, experience to the closest thing they can get to the jungles of Manaus, and uh, Nigeria obviously is going to give them a look-see at a similar opponent to Ghana. Uh, what do you expect to see this weekend out of uh, the U.S.? Do you, do you think the lineup's going to change much, or do you think what we've seen recently is uh, our team? I think the back line he'll pretty much keep set, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some, some tinkering around with the midfield and the forward position. Just, uh, I mean, see some new deployments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is this is the game I've been most looking forward to on our, on the send off docket uh, because it's a it is a quality opponent. 
it's it's the right location for us to play to get ready for Brazil. And I'm not quite sure why we didn't play, you know, Jacksonville, Atlanta, New Orleans <laughs> as a send-off, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, but I, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a fast game, and I'd be really interested to see how we keep up with that. Uh, and, yeah, I would expect us to continue to get results, especially at home. Um, I, I have been uh, impressed with our ability to score, to get the result that we need. You know, I, that that uh, goal back that Turkey got was a little bit of a downer. Uh, it did come late, um, very late. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, if we play the way we did, especially the first 45 against Turkey, uh, you know, it could be a good result for us. So looking forward to that game. Looking forward to kind of have for the to the players having a sense of where they're going to be, how they're going to be deployed, and then you know up, up and away. Uh, yeah, um, I'm. Uh, this is this is definitely a match. I think that if the U.S. gets a positive result, uh, win being I think the one that we all want to see. That's the one you can feel most comfortable with. Going, even if it's not pretty, even if it's not pretty, a win is a win, especially against a World Cup uh, bound opponent. Um, that's even though I don't want to say I think at this point I don't want to say the result doesn't matter but it probably doesn't especially if we it see doesn't. the likes especially if we see the likes of Julian Green and John Brooks late in the match uh, and and we lose it then but the first 45 minutes I think you're going to see your starting lineup I don't see Josie Outdoor being moved from that starting position because I think Jurgen wants to use every possible minute to get him untracked uh, I think he'll play his full 90 again um the midfield, I mean, as I mean, you may, I think Brad Davis, I think you're going to see him in the left wing still. Uh, but will Bedoya get some time in for Zussi? I think maybe. Uh, and then that back line, uh, the three out of the, I, I said it earlier in the show, the three out of the four I think are set. I, I, I think you're going to see Johnson, uh, Johnson, Cameron, Beasler uh, start and probably go the full 90. Uh, and then whoever you start on the left, I think will go the full 90. And that, I think Beasley's worth. It's worth be, taking another look at Beasley. Um, I, I. But that being said, Chandler. I mean, Chandler has played. He's probably played. He's played 100 or let's see, played 135 minutes, and I'd say half was good, half was bad. So <laughs> take take your choice, you know. Um, but uh, as Jason, our producer, mentioned in chat, Klinsman's also trying to mimic the travel by traveling cross country that they're going to experience in uh, Brazil. So. Doing everything he possibly can to prepare this team for the uh, World Cup. Didn't uh, have a send-off game in Tijuana and do the travel. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the heat is more of a problem than the exhaustion. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's good. I mean, I'll, I'll be curious to see how Portuguese players handle Manaus. Um, I think our Concacaf-based players are certainly more prepared to deal with that uh, than uh, Team Portugal. That's for sure. Yeah, I think so. And I think, uh, you know, Ronaldo, he's the biggest whiner in football, so um, he'll he'll be crying before too long at, in Manaus. But. I'm sure his uh, his his thigh will cramp up in about 20 minutes into that match. Like, mm-hmm. Well, to me, that's that's the perfect example of a game where it's just like the snow game but opposite, Patty. Mm-hmm. you got to get on the score sheet early and then hold on by, the you know, your fingernails. Yep. Yep, because um, you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of momentum as the heat and the moisture and the humidity takes that you know moisture off your body. So, yeah. um, I would think that the, the goal for that game specifically would be 
get out early, be active, um, get on the you know on the board, and then try and hold on. Oh uh, yeah, no, definitely. That's one that say you probably want to go real fast uh, early, but uh, we have about two and a half weeks before we really have to go into depth about that one. So I'm going to worry about Portugal later down the road, <laughs> even, <laughs> even though I brought them up. So uh, what, what do you think? Ghana uh, looks like a winnable game, though. <laughs> it, oh, oh, does it ever. Um, so, Nigeria- I, mean, I think, you know, getting out of the blocks, getting a win against Ghana um, is best-case scenario. And then, heck, that's a good momentum builder for us. And who knows what will happen. Then you have, you know, basically two games to get a result out of Portugal or, or um, Germany. Agreed. So feeling good about that. Uh, I'm with you. What about this this Saturday? Got a score you think we might see? It's a 3-1. Ooh, wow. So you're thinking they're really going to come around, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think this is a this is going to be a more open game. I think. Okay. All right. I would yeah. expect to see a little bit more openness and trying to put on some speed. But you know, I don't know. It's it, it's maybe uh, rose colored glasses of me. But I think Nigeria is you know trying to round some things in the form as well, and they're not going to you know really try you know to they're not going they're less concerned about winning the game than we are. I would think. Uh, I I think it'll be a win for the U.S. I do, uh, but I'm going to go with a scoreline of two to one. Uh, my opinion, same as uh, another two to one. Another two to one. I think. I think they're, they're the U.S. The back line is just too soft right now to not concede a goal at some point in this game. I agree. Yeah. So all right. So that's pretty much all the U.S. national team talk. Well, actually. Um, wouldn't it have been nice, you know, you know, Clint Dempsey's a perfect fine forward, but wouldn't it be really good if the U.S. soccer team had, like, a perfect complement at forward for the, uh, for Josie Altidore? I, it would be very nice. Who do you have in mind there, Patty? Uh, you know, there was this kid who was born in Jersey, uh, many, many years ago. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I see who you're talking about. What uh, an idiot Jesse Rossi has been. And how well has he been repaid for stabbing his birth country in the back to go play for the Italians? It's That's right. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, I, no, I. You know, he's actually a good kid, and I don't wish him poorly. But what a stupid decision mm-hmm. to to play for Italy. Um, yeah. And now this, you know, being cut from the Italy squad, which is, I think, what you were leading into there, yes. um, mm-hmm. is. It's more of a symptom of his injury concerns, I think. But uh, that being said, he could have been a real important cog in this team. And now, I mean, what is he, 26, 28, yeah. something Somewhere in there? there? I don't know. Um, I mean, he very well could be you know, looking on the outside again next cycle. And, wow, well, there's a, there's a talented guy who just never got the shot. Uh, what a what a waste! Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I was leading to. Um, he could have been a difference maker for the United States uh, even four years ago, especially after Charlie Davies got hurt. Um, it, um, it it's you know it, it's really a shame. I mean, I, I, at first I, I was a little more bitter towards the guy, and to a certain extent, I still am a jerk, and I think serves you right. But um, <laughs> you know, me being from New Jersey, uh, I come from a heavily Italian American area. And uh, I, I see it on a daily basis, those who were born and raised in this country and are like, hey, go Italy. And I'm like, okay, come on. Like, U.S. national team is where it's at. 
Uh, so, I mean, so there's a little extra, but like you said, he is a good kid. Uh, if you actually have seen interviews with him, read stuff about him, he's a decent guy. And so it is kind of a shame to see him get left off the Italy national team. But at the same time, he, the right decision was there. I mean, he was certainly on the upswing before he got hurt, but, um, it would have been a different story. He would still be in the U.S. national team picture if he had, uh, stuck with his birth nation. That's for sure. I think I agree. Well, I mean, those injuries, they're, you know, they plague you, but at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, and, I, you know, he's 27. I looked it up. Um, that's uh, <laughs> That doesn't leave him a very big window to make it next time either, um, especially having never made the World Cup team and he'll be 31. That's a tall order. There's going to be more opportunities for the younger guys to come in and take his spot uh, the next time. So I think we're looking at a guy who's just never going to have made a World Cup appearance and – what a shame! Because he's yeah. got he's got some good talent. Yeah, absolutely, it is a shame. And at the very least, despite uh, some of uh, us bitter American fans, I am aware that you know, reading from interviews of this kid, he will be rooting for us in the World Cup. Uh, maybe not overly, but hey, you know what? I'll take it. Um, Major League Soccer. So this is just a personal thing, and I'm bringing it up. The other day, I was sitting here and. Uh, Thinking, oh, I mean, you know, I, I have MLS Live. I figured I'd watch them at Major League Soccer, D.C., Sporting Kansas City. It was the best possible game on. And I realized that, like, without all these players in Major League Soccer right now, I just kind of don't care. Uh, it, it, <laughs> you know? And I kind of wanted to see. I mean, I, I put it out there, and some people on Twitter were like, yeah, I get it. I understand, too. And I'm a Major League Soccer fan. Like, I feel kind of bad because... I want to see the game succeed in this country, especially Major League Soccer. But, you know, Sporting Kansas City against D.C. is just not interesting when Graham Zuzzi and Matt Beasler are away on national team duty. Um, do you care about Major League Soccer right now, like with all these players missing and with the World Cup so close? No, I, you know, I really don't. Um, I, but, I, you know, I've been having a hard time watching MLS this season at all. It's been kind of difficult. <laughs> um, even, I mean, the, the Rapids are doing a little bit better than I thought they would under Mastroeni. And, um, you know, there are some interesting storylines out there. Uh, you know, I, I still, I mean, as much as I, you know, hate Portland and as much as I hate uh, Seattle, I mean, that rivalry is still pretty fun to watch. And, and mm-hmm. Portland's been stinking it up. It's no fun in Portlandia right now. Um, oh, yeah. But, um, you know, that, that's still a fun rivalry to watch. Uh, us and uh, Salt Lake are right close to each other in the standings. Again, I mean, they're second, we're third. Uh, so that's kind of been a fun little uh, battle, and it's going to continue. Uh, as much as I hate uh, Salt Lake, there are a few little things that are, you know, that are worth noting. But for the most part, well, right now, your Red Bulls are, if the playoffs started today, <laughs> out of a playoff spot. <clears throat> I mean, and and that's early, that's... very, very early. Yeah, but and that's just... That's just it. I mean, I feel like when I'm watching the Red Bulls, I'm watching a preseason version because both Tim Cahill and Roy Miller uh, are, you know, away on national team. We have Bobby Comby as our starting left back, and let me just say, it's not pretty. So it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. Kind of leads to the bigger question: Is there MLS anything MLS can do to, you know, mitigate this when the World Cup comes? Like, can they just play? Fewer games, maybe only trot three or four teams out a week uh, when they have so many players, so many of their best players missing for the World Cup. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean the, the 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 thing for you guys though is that uh, you know you've already played fourteen games and only gotten fifteen points yeah. out of it. So 
Yeah. Uh, you know, Toronto's got four games in hand, I mean, five games in hand on you. Oh, Toronto. Uh, and they're only two points yeah. adrift. Uh, Chicago's got three uh, games uh, on you, and they're only three points adrift. Yeah. Uh, and ahead of you, Columbus has got two games on you. Uh, so you've got a little bit of traction to catch. After the season you guys had last year, I'm a little surprised you're swooning this badly. Well, at the same time, we're, we're in the exact same – in many ways, we're in the exact same spot we were last year. I mean, we were a little higher up the table, but where a number of teams had games in hand over us and then just couldn't get it done. Um you know, late in the season. So, I mean, that that's the good thing about parity for Red Bull fans is that there's still plenty of time to make it up. But I think you bring up an interesting point about Toronto. Toronto is missing, obviously, one of its best players. They're still performing in their games that, um, you know, he's not hasn't been in. And Jermaine Defoe has been playing with a chip on his shoulder and been tremendous. Uh, but, you know, it's you would kind of think that a team that is clearly going to be missing two of its key players – Come World time, Cup time, you would think uh, – I'm probably breaking into homerism at this point, but, you know, would uh, get uh, some have fewer games, especially around the World Cup. You know, I, I just yeah. – I don't know. I, I feel like there's something MLS should do, and that's not just simply for Murray Rebel. I mean, Sporting Kansas City is suffering well, too. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, that, that will bring us back in, inevitably to the question, should we be on a winter schedule? Yeah. <sighs> Uh, until you can put uh, build retractable domes on every MLS stadium, no. Every MLS stadium? I don't think you need it in every MLS stadium. What's that? I don't think you need it in every MLS stadium. Oh, everyone that's in a northern a, a northern area like New York, Toronto. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine going to a Montreal Impact game in December? Yeah. <laughs> Co- your, your hometown, obviously, of Colorado, Real Salt Lake. Dude, come on. You, now, tell me. How many games you've gone to that were better than the snow game? I'm not. Hey, look, I'm fine with going to see a game the bitter cold, but the average. No, no, no. Answer the question. How many was, games have you been to? It's of, the most memorable soccer game I've ever been to. I'm just I mean, that saying. game was freaking fantastic. Yeah, and it was the most most memorable game I've ever been to. But I'm not talking about me and you. I'm talking about the general soccer public. Are I, they going to go? You know, you know? The general public, the, the Dippin' Dots crowd, is not going to like it. Exactly. So uh, until we can put roofs on uh, most of these stadiums, uh, no, it's just unfortunately we can't do the winter schedule right now. Someday. Someday when the money starts coming in. We'll never do a winter schedule. Never. Yeah. But uh, we, should have, we should have, even if it's only like a three-week break, we should have a, have a break for the World Cup. Yeah. And you know what? The good thing about the U.S., you know, about MLS is that we could have a break that only lasts through, like, you know, the round of 16 because we always get eliminated there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so as you may know, U.S. soccer and soccer in general is a beer drinker sport. So we kind of hear thought at Yanks go marching. Why not throw out the Twitter hashtag USMNC drinking game where we can come up with a number of things that we can see either on Twitter during only during the two hours, because obviously you do play a twenty-four hour drinking game. Well, <laughs> you might have a problem. But uh, during game time, we can you can either play on Twitter or play during the game itself, where certain things happen and you take a drink. Uh, the first one I obviously came up with, because I've certainly made this mistake before, is that drink anytime anyone mistakes Brad Davis for Brad Evans. I dig it. I dig it. I've got one for you. All Every right. time Josie Altador 
misses a sitter and then falls to his knees with his hands in his face, <laughs> his face in his hands, take a drink. Oh, man. That's a good one. Uh, Any time... Anybody mentions that wouldn't have happened with uh, if Landon Donovan was here or something like that. Some lamentation about Landon Donovan. Oh. <laughs> Take a drink. Drunk by the 15th minute. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what about, what about not, non-U.S. related, every time Cristiano Ronaldo cries to a referee about a missed call, take a drink. Oh, uh, there you go. There you go. Um <laughs> All right, so there's our four uh, to start off with. Uh, if you have any suggestions, feel free to absolutely tweet us, email us. Uh, your preferably tweet so we can get this hashtag going on the Twitter, uh, USMNT drinking game. Uh, here's, the, here's the bonus one for you, Patty. I got a right. bonus one for you. Oh, boy, here we go. Every time they show a shot of a, of a hot wag in the crowd, take a drink. Ooh, does it have to be a hot wag or can it be like any American fan? Who's gorgeous? Well, I, I don't suppose- know. I think wags are kind of like they, they're obsessed with it now that like you watch the NFL draft and they show all these players hot ass girlfriends or <laughs> like basketball players, their hot girlfriends sitting in their lap. Da 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 da. da you know. So. <laughs> right. And by the way, by the way, kids, we don't condone underage drinking. So this drinking game was only for people over the age of twenty-one in the United States. Absolutely. So if you're outside the 21, outside of uh, the United States, uh, just you know, make sure you obey all local laws. Uh, if anyone's listening to us outside of the United States, I will give you fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Whoa. There you go. You should take them up on that offer. That's for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's wrap it up. I think it's time. Um, you can visit us on our website, yankscomarching.blogspot.com. You can email us at yankscomarching at gmail.com. Facebook, facebook.com slash yankscomarching. Find us on Twitter at yankscomarching. Myself at pmacd82. Chris at chriskaminsky18. And our producer, Jason, at Dr. Stooge. Uh, you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and our RSS feed. And you can find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com, yank slash marching. And that's about it, or... What? That's right. It's time for Red Cards, Yellow Cards with Jason and I Pinto. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you kind of jumped into the, 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 the wrap-up stuff there. Pat was a little quick on it this I was. Yeah, Pat was a little quick on it this week. <laughs> um, so I have five cards to hand out. He's just eager to get back to his beer, I think. <laughs> No, I my my beer is oh done. It gosh. was done like it was done at least like half an hour ago. Um, <laughs> that 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 nut brown ale was just so delicious that I just I was drinking it like water. <laughs> but anyway, um, all right. So first, Pat, you get a yellow card because your PBR it caused the Rangers to give up a goal in the second period. <laughs> uh, Chris, you get a yellow for your actions before we actually started recording for muting your microphone when you joined our uh, our conversation here. It made us think that you had technical difficulties. I didn't um, even mute the microphone. I was miming. It was all acting. <laughs> I should get credit for that, not a card. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, anyway, um, both of you get yellow for this one. Um, when talking about um, winter schedule and domes and stuff like that, I think you guys both conveniently forgot that the Montreal Impact actually play in Olympic Stadium to start every year. So they have a place to play in 
December. But does anyone really want to play an Olympic stadium? I didn't say they want to. I said that they did. <laughs> that's <there's... laughs> it's not a regular. It's not a regular venue. I, I think they, like they, they used it for. <laughs> I think they used it for three or four matches this year. So I mean, <laughs> but anyway, um, okay, you'll have to check on that. Before you, you yeah. before you give us that card, you have to do some research. <laughs> All right, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna pull this uh, schedule oh. up real quick. We're gonna cook since, it up while you wait. Folks, we're gonna. <laughs> yes, we are. S- since since I-, I was called out here, I have to pull this up. I, just, I know it's my job to do research. Wrong. But... I'm just saying. I you know I I think you need to before you give us that whole thing. You need to tell us what's up. You, you need right. to check yourself. So this year. So this year, this year, the Montreal played three games at Olympic Stadium. Uh, March 23rd against Seattle, April 5th against New York, and April 12th against Chicago. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, last, so last card. I will accept it. Last card for, goes to Chris. Um, you, you suggested the MLS no! take a break during the World <laughs> Cup. They already, they already have a break during the group stage. Although I agree with Pat, they should oh. probably just cover the whole World Cup instead of coming back during around the sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I didn't make that clear enough. What I, what I. Yeah, I think right. I think so, that's okay, the you first know time. That's the first time I think I've won on cards. It is the first time. I am going to well, go on. home and jump in the tub and well, hold on. toaster. So first, me. so uh, what I'm going to do is since you you kind of for the didn't cl- you don't think you clarified yourself correctly. I'm going to actually rescind that last yellow card for you, Chris. Oh, come on, now so we're tied. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because, because, Pat is getting a one-time only get-out-of-jail-free card for one of his yellows because of the turkey sound he made at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I'll take it. I will take it. <laughs> My first ever win on red-yellow on this show. That is terrific. <laughs> oh man! All right, before we get out of here, Chris, you got any last words? No, I'm uh, you know always just getting ever more excited. Uh, I double checked every single uh, game that's being broadcast to make sure it's going to be on the channel. I think it's going to be on to make sure that my DVR is set to record it. I'm going to watch every single game of this tournament, and I'm going to love every single moment, Patty. Oh, I cannot wait myself. Uh, we've already got luncheons planned at work to, uh, you know, coordinate around the World Cup. It's going to be a good time. And, of course, uh, for New Jersey-based fans, I'll be at Darby Road for the opener uh, on the 16th at in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. So I will be on my couch, so just come by and knock on the door. I'll let you in, and uh, I'll give you a nice Colorado-made brew of some sort. Uh, especially if you're an attractive lady, right? Especially if you're an attractive lady. Yeah. <laughs> funny, story, funny story, while we were recording this podcast, I got several text messages from a, from a woman named Alyssa looking for her model friend named Alexa. I, uh, I don't know if I was being punked or not, but uh, she, she apparently mistook me for her hot uh, model friend, Alexa. I was like, I, girlfriend, I wish I were. 
I think uh, I think you just go with that. You just see what you can see what comes with that. I'm just like I think you respond to that like sure. Let's uh, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I love just, to go out dancing. And yeah, I wanted. I've always stuff, wanted to tell you, know? you that I've that I've had a thing for you, and I just thought I just wanted to know if you swung that way. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> on All right. Note. Let's, let's end these shenanigans. <laughs> on that note, for uh, Chris, Jason, and myself, you have listened to the Yanks Go Marching podcast, and we will see you later. Hey, witch doctor, give us the magic words. All right. You go ooh 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 ah ah, ting ting, wanna wanna ping ping. Doctor, I was in love with you. Go, 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 go. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He told me, ooh, 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 ooh